Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Thanks for being with us today. It is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. And congratulations, by the way, to Major League Baseball. They get the Water Cooler Award for Bonehead Move of the Day. First... They went all wokish, more like dumbish, when they moved the All-Star game out of Georgia because they thought the new voting law was Jim Crow-ish. So what do they do? They move it to a whiter city. Good job. Goodbye, Atlanta, where the population is 51% black. Hello, Coors Field in Denver, where in that city they clock in at about 9% black. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And hey, I didn't even get to the best part. Colorado actually requires signature matching to verify absentee ballots. Georgia, hmm, doesn't have that. And also, by the way, Colorado also doesn't allow those affiliated with campaigns or political parties from handing out water or food to those in line to vote, just like Georgia. We're going to dissect all of it today. Also today, from baseball to football. Now, there is a letter that the CEO of the Arizona Cardinals has signed on to that calls for the Arizona legislature to not make any new voting laws that restrict voting rights. Can we stop with the restrict voting rights language, folks? That is right out of the liberals' playbook. The country upside down. We're going to talk to an Arizona state senator about all of this. And vaccine passports. Texas Governor Greg Abbott becomes the latest governor to say, not on my watch, folks. He issued an executive order today saying that any sort of vaccine passport infringes on citizens' rights. And also he says something very obvious as well, and that's this. Vaccines are voluntary. The government shouldn't require anyone to show proof of vaccination or reveal their private health information. And by the way, let me just say AOC and Bernie, if they saw this, and they're going to see it, by the way, they're going to need smelling salts to be revived. And the border wall, guess what? Here's a shocker for libs. Trump was right yet again. Now, first, Joe Biden completely stopped construction of the border wall. Now, a new report says that, well, actually, he's thinking about starting construction all over again in certain gaps. Now, first of all, I'm going to believe it when I see it. But either way, it was Trump who invoked the anti-field of dream strategy when he said, in essence, if I build it, they will not come. And he's right. And maybe Biden is starting to get the memo, though I'm not convinced at this point. All right, so much to unpack. I want to get to our first guest. She doesn't hold back, doesn't back down. And by the way, that's why liberals can't stand her. She wears it as a badge of honor. Fox News, excuse me, Fox Nation host Tommy Laren back with us on the water cooler. Tommy, great to see you again. Oh, good to be here. And you were right about that. There's nothing I love more on a Tuesday afternoon than triggering some liberals. So let's get to it. <laughs> All right. By the way, Tuesday afternoon or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday uh, as well. All right. So this new report, uh, Biden is thinking about starting up construction again on the wall. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What's your take on this? 
Well, you know, if he really is choosing to do this, I would say that's the first thing he's done since becoming president that would put America first, but it's absolutely needed. You know, I just got back from the border. I was just in Arizona last week and spent some time there, and I actually stood by Trump's big, beautiful border wall, but I also stood next to a gap in the border wall. I'm not kidding you, a gap that was about five feet because they had to stop construction day of when he halted the construction of the border wall. They have the materials sitting right in front of it. It's fully funded. There's equipment that's sitting there that's costing the American taxpayer hundreds of thousands of dollars that's sitting there rusting in Arizona and elsewhere. So I absolutely hope he makes the right decision. You know, walls work. The wall was so symbolic for so many leftists of just a Donald Trump presidency, which is why they were so against it, among other things. They believe in open borders. But, you know, if the reports are true, I would say good for you, Biden, and I hope he doesn't back down on that. I hope that he is actually the moderate that he claimed to be. I would give him a little credit. But like you said, I'm still not convinced the woke will get to him, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. He also promised unity. And where the heck did that go, uh, by the way? Uh, uh, Tommy, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the boycott uh, that we're seeing. I say the boycott, the boycott that conservatives would like to see, at least, uh, of Coca-Cola and Delta and all these companies down in Georgia. What's your take on that? Because, you know, you wonder if conservatives are going to step up here and actually do something. Uh, or is this wokeology gone haywire here? You know, normally I don't like the back and forth, the tit for tat, you cancel us, we cancel you. But in this case, it's something I've been saying for a while now. If we truly want to cancel, cancel culture, conservatives do need to fight back. And where we don't believe in canceling businesses or, or corporations or people because of their political views, I do think that is incumbent upon us to start standing strong and saying, hey, if you liberals, if you woke companies are going to start canceling baselessly and needlessly, then we're going to give you a taste of your own medicine and we're going to show you just how many conservatives there are in this country. You know, I know that most people look at this cancel culture. They look at what happened with MLB and Delta and Coke and all these other companies coming out against the Georgia voter ID law. And they're saying, you know, I don't really agree with it, but I don't quite know what to do. Well, this is an opportunity to show that there are a lot of conservatives in this country. We spend money, we fly on planes, we drink Coca-Cola, we watch baseball. So you're going to have to pay attention to us. Yeah, and I wonder if Trump just was once again right all along because he said Democrats always stick together. And he says he wishes Republicans and conservatives would stick together. This would be a time to stick together. I wonder if they're going to do it, Tommy. Well, I would hope so. And, you know, again, I don't like the idea of boycotting. I don't like the idea of canceling one another, but it's what it's come to. If the left needs to see the lunacy that they have created and the only way they're going to see it, if it starts to impact and affect them and their bottom line and their companies. So these CEOs come out with their worthless virtue signaling. They think that they're so noble. They want to get a social justice warrior prize. Well, at the end of the day, they've been able to get away with that because it hasn't infect, affected them or impacted them. But if we start, you know, moving with our feet here and our dollars, hey, they might not be so proud of their worthless virtue signaling. Hey, I want to ask you a little bit about something you're going to take part in uh, later this week uh, down at Clemson University. Uh, already the headlines out, Greenville News saying commentator Tommy Lahren's upcoming visit to Clemson sparks debate over free speech, inclusivity. You know, Tommy, they've been on you since day one. I mean, this just in, you're not an introvert. You like to set, kind of tell it like it is. So, so what's happening down at Clemson? Uh, what are you going to be speaking about? And why are they uh, so up in a lather there? They need to take a Calgon bath and chill out. 
Well, it's just the fact that I'm coming to their campus and they don't want conservative speakers and they've been effective in being able to cancel conservative speakers in the past. We know that that is really the, the MO of a lot of college campuses and they're usually successful. But this whole event is about backing the blue. It's about law enforcement. But more than that, also, it's talk about talking about freedom. And the funniest thing, when the college Democrats came out against my visit, when the BLM and Antifa associated groups came out against my visit, they said that I don't represent diversity and inclusivity. But it's really ironic considering the fact that they're trying to keep me off of their campus because I have a diverse view. So where is the tolerance? Where is the love? Where is the inclusivity? And I'll say this again, if you don't like me, you don't like what I say, you don't wanna to go to an event that talks about backing the blue or law enforcement, guess what? You don't have to go. But the other students that do wanna hear that message, they should be allowed to go and they should go and they should feel safe. Now, what they tried to do, the college Democrats, they had a petition, it's about 3000 signatures plus to keep me off that campus. When that didn't work, petitioning the university didn't work, they tried to run up the security costs because that's another one of their tactics. They think, hey, if we make this event so expensive, groups like Turning Point and other conservative groups won't be able to afford it and they'll have to cancel it. But the joke is on them, it backfired. We were gonna be in a much smaller venue. Now we're in the basketball arena and we're gonna light it up. And I cannot wait, David. Yeah, I, I can confirm you're going to light it up. I can already write that headline for sure. <laughs> uh, Tommy, where, where are we going ultimately with all of this in terms of cancel culture and the silencing of conservatives? Because well, what's the master plan here exactly? What, 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 uh, we've talked a lot about conservatives fighting back, but what are liberals, and I, and I hate to even kind of generically call them liberals, but what, it seems like this is a fight over values in this country and the direction of this country and where America is going to be in the 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now and beyond. What's your, what's your take? What's the end game here, Tommy? Well, the end game is to silence and shame conservatives. You know, when they can't censor and shadow ban us on social media or on television or entertainment, they're going to go after just the average American and they're going to try to silence the average American. And I tell conservatives this all the time. Every time you sit back and say, or you tell me like, oh, I'm so glad that you have a voice because I don't have one. I say, listen, that's nonsense. You do have a voice. And everyone always gives me the same reply. Yeah, but I'm worried about my grades. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about my family and my friends. I understand that. It's a valid point to be made, but we have to dig deep within ourselves as patriots and remember that fighting spirit and remember we cannot back down. We don't want to take free speech away from the left. We don't want to take away their ability to fight for what they believe in. We just want to have a level playing field, but we're doing this to ourselves. So for every conservative, when you sit back and say, oh, it's not worth the fight, I'll just sit down and shut up, realize that you're adding to the problem. So do you want to be part of the problem or do you want to be part of the solution? You might have to stick your neck out on the line a little bit, but I'll tell you as someone that does it on a daily basis, and I know you do too it's worth it every single time so conservatives the liberals are not going to stop it's time for us to stand up and as we wrap up here in the last 30 seconds what keeps you going what motivates you how do you get through all of the criticism all of the slings and arrows that you've taken uh, because you know you stand up every day and telling the truth but it is not easy and that's an understatement you know, it's become easy for me. I have rhino thick skin. I've been doing this, you know, since I was at One America, I was yeah. 21 years old, so I'm used to this. But the reason that I do this and that what really keeps me going is the fact that I can inspire, especially other young people, to follow my lead. If they can learn by that example and they can see where I've been able to get to with doing what I do and standing my ground, I hope that that inspires them and that's what keeps me going. Tommy Laren, Fox Nation host uh, of Final Thoughts. Really appreciate your time. Great to see you again. We've known each other a while. Appreciate you. 
Thanks so much, David. All right, uh, Tommy Laren, uh, who, uh, you know, like I said, we'll have to work on uh, her introverted nature. Hopefully next time she'll be a little bit more outspoken because I got to tell you, uh, every time she clams up, she always, Madison, she's always clamming up. No, she's not clamming up. All right, we're back in a moment. More on the Georgia law in a moment. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. The Georgia Voting Integrity Law. That's right. I called it the Voting Integrity Law. I know if you listen to the media, they'll say it's the uh, law that restricts voting rights. Look, folks, that is Democrat talking points. We had Rick Klein on the other day from ABC News, and I was talking to him about this. I said, hey, wait a minute. Why do you keep saying in your media reports that it's restricting voter rights? That, that's right out of the Democrats' playbook, and, and you in the media are repeating it. Uh, I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but but that's what's happening. Let's uh, get uh, some sense of all of this uh, from Jenny Beth Martin back with us on uh, the water cooler, the honorary chairman of Tea Party Patriots Action. Uh, Jenny Beth, always great to see you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, look, you're you're right there. I mean, it's it's ground zero. You're right in the thick of it. You're in Georgia. You've been working on these voting election laws for a very long time. Can you give us, I want to, we'll get to the boycott and all of that in a moment, but give us a lay of the land about this, this law specifically so people can understand what is in it and why it is not indeed Jim Crow 2.0. Okay, I think it's really important for us to acknowledge the fact that we agree with the left and that voting is a right I consider it a sacred right, and it's one of the things that I I appreciate the most as a citizen of this country, because I'm able to set the direction as an individual voter for who will represent me, my family, and my neighbors working together through a precinct, and it helps set the direction of our country. So I agree we want to protect the sacred right to vote, and I think one of the ways that we protect that is to make sure that the ballot itself, which is a product of us exercising our right to vote, it has safeguards around it to prevent cheating and fraud and, and irregularities from happening that might cancel out our votes. So in Georgia, the legislature passed a, a bill, the governor signed it into law to make it easier to vote and easier to exercise our right to vote and also to make it harder to cheat ways that it is easier. The ballot drop boxes that are used for absentee ballots will be required in every single county in the state during 2020. That's the first time we ever had those. And we did not have them. And we had them in um, over 40 counties did not have them in our state. Voting on Sundays is something that people across the aisle really wanted. They felt like it was important in early voting that that people could vote on Sunday. And now uh, the law was silent, I believe, on this before, and it left some confusion. Now it is very clear that there has to be early voting available on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Um, During the last election cycle, we ran into issues with requesting absentee ballots, and the deadline made it possible for the absentee ballots 
ballot to arrive too late to the voters. So they've they've shortened the time that you're allowed to get an absentee ballot to request one. I think it's eight days now to ensure that you actually get your ballot on time so that it can be be counted. You still are able to do early voting or in-person voting. Right. Uh, we, we said they've tightened and made it more secure so that it's harder to cheat. One of the most important ways is that there's now a requirement for voter ID, not just for in-person voting, but also for voting by absentee so, ballot. Right. So, so Jenny Beth, let me. Uh, th this is the big argument from the from the left, and I'm not not even talking about the the, the racial issue here that they bring up. I'm talking about what, what they're going to say is, if Donald Trump had won the election. Uh, in Georgia or the national election, none of this would be coming up anyhow, that this is just, uh, it's all done under false pretense. I think that's, that's their point. Well, what's the reaction to, to that? Well, I, I think that I, I, it's a, that's an impossible standard. It's an impossible question to even answer because we're in a situation right now where Biden is president. I refer to him as President Biden. Right. And I think what we really have to look at is what is happening right now today. In 2018 in Georgia, the majority of Democrats did not believe the outcome of the election. In 2020 in Georgia, the majority of Republicans did not believe the outcome of the election. That is a dangerous place for the citizens of Georgia to be when, when one party wins and the majority and the other party think that you can't even trust the outcome of the elections. That is not good. Yeah. So I think one of the things the legislature did, and you have to ignore everything you're hearing on TV and look at what they actually did. They paid attention to the concerns from the left. They incorporated many of those concerns into law and made those things um, a, a matter of law, the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And then they looked at things that the right was concerned about. Mm -hmm. My hope is that regardless of who wins or loses in 2022, when we finish the election in 2022, both parties people of both parties and political persuasions can have faith in the outcome of the election. That yeah. is the most important thing we have to do right now in Georgia. I think that's such a great point you brought up about the Democrats in 2018. Everybody talks about Trump in 2020, but they forget about 2018 and Stacey Abrams and what was going on there. Uh, l let me ask you a little bit about uh, the boycott, I, a little bit. There's, we could spend all, all segment talking about it, but we've got a, just a couple of minutes left. Uh, how should this be looked at? What's this template? Uh, you and I were talking just before uh, you came on about this template uh, that seems to be out there regarding boycotts and how conservatives maybe can fight back or, or what needs to happen in this environment. Well, I think that the boycott actually is an extension of things that were happening in Georgia that if you are not a voter in Georgia, you may not realize. Back in March, a group called the New Georgia Project sent text messages out urging people to click on a link. And by clicking on the link, you could fill out a form and it would email the presidents and CEOs and uh, chairman of the board of Georgia-based Fortune 500 companies. Then um, that same group in Black Lives Matter took out a full page ad in the Atlanta Journal and Constitution and publicly listed those email addresses and phone numbers. So those corporations were getting melted phone lines. And, and now we've seen what has happened with Major League Baseball. Um, I don't even know if that came from within Georgia or outside of Georgia, but it's sort of a natural extension of putting pressure on corporations, trying to somehow make corporations be responsible for the job that the legislators who are duly elected are supposed to be enacting. 
I, I think it's kind of a, it is not a good model, but it's a model that and template that the left is using now. And I think they think they are being successful because of what happened with the all-star game. I expect mm. it'll be used in more states. So at Tea Party Patriots Action and other groups yeah. in the center, right, we're regrouping to say, okay, how can we fight back against this and be more proactive? And we're doing some research and updating the way we will be taking action the rest of the year as a result. Okay, well, that means we have to have you back on the show so you can give us an update. Jenny Beth Martin, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, and let me just explain, right? There, there, there are folks that kind of uh, analyze this and are just kind of on the, the peripheral uh, portion of this. Jenny Beth Martin is not. She's literally in the thick of it down there in Georgia. It's why we have her on, because we want to know exactly what is happening. Back in a moment with the religious aspect of all this. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. We've been talking a lot about the uh, Georgia voting law, the controversy surrounding it, and, of course, the boycott that has gone along with it. And it's interesting because many conservatives are saying boycott Coca-Cola, boycott Delta, boycott all these companies that are critical of the law. Uh, now it's time to take a bit of a different tact on that, a different angle, because there is the, the AME Church, of course, a huge denomination, a huge church uh, all across the country is saying, yeah, we want to boycott too, but, but for a different reason. They say Coca-Cola and many others haven't gone far enough in their denouncement of what's happened in Georgia. I want to bring in Jack Jenkins. He is the author uh, of the book, American Prophets, The Religious Roots of Progressive Politics and the Ongoing Fight for the Soul of the Country. And Jack Jenkins is the national reporter for Religion News Service. Uh, Jack, great to see you again, sir. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Jack, you wrote about this. So what's happening with the AME Church as it relates to uh, what's happening down in Georgia? This is the headline here. AME Church to boycott Coca-Cola, other companies, unless they do more to fight Georgia election law. I thought that was interesting. Why don't you take us through it? Right. So there has been uh, religious pushback to this law in Georgia, essentially since its inception. And one thing that has been growing over the last few weeks is this call for a boycott of these companies. And some of the loudest voices um, for that boycott has come from um, black and Christian leaders in the state of Georgia, chief among them, Bishop Reginald Jackson, who oversees the sixth district of the AME Church in Georgia. And uh, last week, he kind of officialized this call with a um, press conference outside of the world of Coke with other black Christian leaders, um, in which he called out specific companies, particularly Coca-Cola, but also Home Depot and Delta, other Georgia-based companies, mm -hmm. um, saying that they, as a denomination, the AME denomination, and other black Christian groups as well, will plan on boycotting their products if they don't do four different things. And one of them is speak out against the Georgia law, um, which at least two of those companies, Coca-Cola and Delta, have since, um, have done um, but they also want them to oppose similar legislation in other states. They want them to support federal voting rights legislation that has been recently um, introduced, either passed the House or introduced in the Senate, um, and then also back the lawsuit against the Georgia law, in which one of the plaintiffs is um, that sixth AME district that uh, Bishop Reginald Jackson 
overseas. And so there's a strong religious component to this pushback here, again, saying that these companies haven't done enough to combat the bill and support voting rights. Well, that's interesting. So what is your sense of this going forward? I mean, does this have legs? It's, I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, this is, uh, this is the AME church here uh, speaking out. It seems to be in unison here on, on this. Right. I was, uh, you know, just before I came on, I was checking um, with Bishop Jackson. Uh, mm -hmm. it, uh, there was a meeting planned either yesterday or today between him and many of the CEOs of these companies of, of, of more than just those three I named. It's unclear if they've met yet or what the product of that would be. Um, technically, the boycott would begin tomorrow, April 7th, is the specific day they set for when it would begin. Um, you know, I do think that uh, boycotts have proven to have some sort of effectiveness in the past, right? One um, major an indication was back, you know, before Trump was elected in Indiana, when there was pushback to then Governor Mike Pence um, for a piece of legislation. Um, and you know, various boycotts, including athletic boycotts, pushed um, Mike Pence in a different direction slightly on that bill. And so I would expect uh, both, you know, um, progressives and liberals in general, but also these black church leaders to, you know, dig into this boycott if it does continue to prove effective. And I'll note that, um, you know, there are other religious outcries over this bill as well, in particular, the provision that bans handing out food and water to people who, in, who are in long voting lines. Uh, those during this past election, it was a lot of faith leaders who were actually doing that work in Georgia and in elsewhere. They were called poll chaplains. So I would expect them to kind of lean into the faith aspect of this going forward as well. Yeah, just a clarification, uh, you can ha hand out food and water if you're a poll worker there and you just can't be dressed, you can't be uh, affiliated with a political party is, is my understanding. I mean, in other words, you've got to... Right, you would have yeah. to be you have to be working for the polling location itself, which, right. as we know, uh, is, is not usually the most uh, staffed um, thing. They don't usually hurt for volunteers at polling mm -hmm. locations, is, is what many of these activists point to. Right. So, Jack, g give me a sense here uh, of the sway that the that, that faith has, if you will, that the faith community, especially the African-American community, has down in Georgia. I mean, we've seen this with Stacey Abrams uh, and, and obviously Reverend, uh, Reverend Warnock, who actually got in some hot water about an Easter tweet, but that's a se separate segment. Uh, but, but what is your sense about how much sway and pull this will eventually have on Coca-Cola and others? Well, I think, you know, just from a raw messaging perspective, having major black Christian leaders and major um, black denominations calling for a boycott of your company, um, you know, these companies that are rooted in Georgia, I think, you know, it, it doesn't doesn't bode well for their PR team, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, and it is true that in the southeast, you know, black Protestants in particular are proven to be a pivotal and crucial voting block for Democrats um, and potentially in close elections for Democrats winning national elections as well, right? You know, this Georgia went blue for Joe Biden this um, go past election, but only barely. And so this community does you know, seem to be exercising disproportionate power um, in, the, in the Southeast in a way that they haven't been um, able to always in the past. I mean, Joe Biden arguably is president of the United States in large part because of black Protestants rallying yeah. behind him during primary. So I think that this is a powerful voting bloc that even has representatives in Congress, um, and it will continue to be so. It was before this, and it will continue to be after this. Uh, Jack, as we wrap up here, uh, give me your sense of uh, not just Georgia, but I guess overall in the country, this uh, 
this divide. We've seen so many divisions in this country, in the church. Uh, you've got the, the white conservative evangelicals, right? The Trump folks, so to speak. And then you've got uh, more of the progressive uh, African-Americans and others, not just African-Americans, but uh, the progressive. So, so how, how is this playing out in, in Georgia, uh, in the church kind of writ large overall in this country? Because it does seem like uh, America is in a bit of a mess as, and spiritually as well in terms of uh, the body of Christ. Right. Uh, there has been no shortage of religious debate in the United States throughout its history, but it does seem to be, as everything is so polarized right now, that it has included um, Christian communities as well. Um, you know, just like you mentioned that tweet over the weekend, people have been calling mm -hmm. um, Reverend Senator Warnock a heretic. There have also been no shortage of people who refer to Donald Trump and his faith supporters as heretics. Mm -hmm. um, these are pretty loaded terms and words that people feel very deeply about. Um, you know, there's there's this call that people are making that you hear in some circles for increased dialogue to yeah. try to ratchet down the rhetoric. Um, and it's unclear if that will continue to be the case, particularly when elections are close. Yeah. Um, but right. uh, it is not you're not the only person to point towards that kind of division and, you know, suggest perhaps there could be yep. something better or less divisive. So. Uh, Jack Jenkins, really appreciate your insight. Uh, always great to see you again. National Reporter, Religion News Service. Thanks again, Jack. Thanks. Thanks again. All right, he's doing some great work over uh, there at RNS. Look him up uh, on the internet. I've heard of the internet. All right, back in a moment uh, with more on this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. You know, we've been talking a lot about the Georgia election integrity law. That's right. I said election integrity law. I didn't say the law that restricts voting rights. If you want that, go check out MSNBC or go check out the New York Times, the Washington Post. They will love to keep quoting about how this restricts voting rights. Anyhow, sorry, got on a soapbox. Anyhow, beyond Georgia, folks, the wokeology of corporations and uh, the NFL actually is now starting to take place in Arizona as well. They've got a lot of uh, election laws out there that they're trying to get on the books. There were bills now trying to get election integrity laws on the books. And the Arizona Cardinals CEO is weighing in saying he doesn't like it either. So uh, let's, uh, let's bring in uh, Michelle uh, Eugenti-Rena, uh, Arizona State Senator. Uh, great to have you on the show, Michelle. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, so, so tell me the lay of the land out there. What is happening? Because there was this letter. Uh, I want to put this letter up uh, real quick, and uh, you can see we'll read from it here. This was a letter that the CEO of the uh, Arizona Cardinals signed on to, along with a lot of other folks. These measures seek to disenfranchise voters. There are solutions in search of a problem. They are attempts at voter suppression, cloaked as reform, plain and simple. But why don't you give us the truth as to what's actually happening in Arizona with these these bills that are under consideration. Thank you. Well, that's a flat out lie. Mm -hmm. It's uh, has no basis in reality. And I think the approach is just that not to talk about the reality of these bills, particularly mine. It's a simple reform. It's an election reform. I've done election integrity bills for a long time at the state legislature. 
The vast majority of public wants secure, safe, dependable, reliable, timely elections. This is nothing new. This didn't just stem from 2020. But you have uh, groups like this, GPL, who I think struggle with relevancy, uh, looking to inject themselves and join a cause du jour so that they can promote, promote their organization in search for um, some kind of, like I said, relevancy uh, down at the legislature, which they really don't have. Um, they haven't read these bills because if they had read the language of the bills, there's no way that they would characterize them the way that they have. But they get their talking points from the radical left, and voila, you have a poorly drafted letter that they sign their name to. Why don't you summarize a little bit about the language inside the bill? Not that we want to geek out on national television, have you read us the whole bill, but uh, g give us a sense of what's in the bill and, uh, and why it makes sense from an election integrity standpoint. Sure. So the bill's real simple. It says, if you uh, don't vote in four consecutive elections by mail, so this has to do with people who are voting by mail only, if you miss, like I said, miss or do not vote in four consecutive elections over two election periods, the county will send you a notice and say, hey, voter, you still want to receive your ballot by mail? You haven't voted. If you don't respond to that notice and reaffirm your participation, you'll be removed from receiving your ballot by mail. Mm -hmm. They do this in California. There is a Democrat who's sponsoring a similar bill right now in New Mexico, our neighboring state. It's a simple provision that is all the bill does. It, we want to make sure that we're sending ballots to people who truly want to participate in our vote-by-mail system. Right. And so, uh, because the truth of the matter is we've seen statistics all over the place and all pretty consistent that the voter rolls in America are, are out of control. I mean, even in Los Angeles County, I think there are more people that actually are on the voter rolls than are people registered to vote in Los Angeles County. And this is just Los Angeles County. There, there's hundreds and hundreds of counties where this is happening. That's exactly right. What are they so afraid of? What is the problem with making sure our lists are accurate? You know, you, you, the fact that you that they want to maintain people on a list in perpetuity, regardless if they're voting, doesn't make any sense. What makes sense is we send ballots to people who are truly participating by mail. Now, remember, if you're removed from the list, you can still vote um, in person early or in person day of. None of that changes. But we have an obligation to put appropriate safeguards in our system to maintain integrity. That's all this does. Again, they do it in our neighboring state in California. They're trying to, they proposed it and they're trying to pass it in New Mexico. Why um, the Cardinals, along with uh, this particular group, GPL, is labeling this as voter su suppression uh, is beyond me. And it's offensive. Mm -hmm. And people should take note here in Arizona of what these organizations think of everyday voters. Michelle, what's the lay of the land politically there uh, with Governor Ducey, Republican governor? But, you know, so what? A Republican governor. I mean, look at Governor Kemp and, and the secretary of state uh, back in 2020 when they didn't take much action in the thick of it in November. W what's your sense of where these bills may end up? And uh, is Governor Ducey supportive of some of these or yours? You know, um, obviously, uh, the governor can make that determination and, and on whether he's going to sign it or veto it. I think he understands the language. I think he understands that, again, it's mild in scope and nature. Um, it's the appropriate size fix. This, is, this isn't going to systematically change our elections. Um, I feel good about him supporting the bill, but ultimately, that his, uh, it's his decision. 
And if these groups really did care about election integrity, then what they would be doing is turning their attention to H.R. 1. That's the bill that will systematically change how Americans vote, mm -hmm. not this minor correction in Arizona. And as we wrap up here, you mentioned that, you know, why aren't they, you kind of asked the rhetorical question, what, what's, why aren't they interested in this? So, and so what is the answer to that? Well, why do you think that uh, opponents and critics uh, have no desire to see any of these changes pass? What, what, what do you think's going on here? It's hard to know. I don't know if, you know, they actually believe in a free-for-all, that there should be uh, no organization to the administration of our elections, or if they're just, um, you know, sucking up to the party that they think is going to be handing them out tax credits and, you know, free stadiums, taxpayer-funded stadiums and advantageous regulatory environments. It's hard to tell. But what I do know is what they're saying and what it has is not in line with, with what Arizonans want. Arizonans want fair, reliable elections that they can count on and have faith in. And GPL and the Cardinals are completely out of touch. Michelle Eugenti Rita, Arizona State Center, really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for laying it out uh, so people can really understand what's actually shockingly in the bill. So thank you so yeah. much. You got it. Thank you. All right. Uh, and by the way, uh, on a separate aesthetic note, because we always do this on the water cooler, I'm going to give uh, her top notch today. Uh, she comes in number one on the Skype shot. I don't want anybody else to take that the wrong way, but that fireplace in the background, that's nice. And if you're in Arizona and it's hot already and you got a fireplace, I mean, that's impressive. That means you're the real deal that you can stand the heat clearly because you're in Arizona plus the fireplace. Anyhow. Bottom line is we'll, we'll continue to track, on, track what's going on in Arizona uh, and in Georgia as well. And by the way, in a lot of other places across the country, get ready for more stories on that. Back in a moment. That's it. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Look, uh, yesterday on the show, our email blew up uh, when I asked... Uh, what was my question? Oh, yeah, that's right. I said, are you going to boycott like uh, Delta and Coke and all these people that are, are uh, upset with the Georgia voting law? Anyhow, let's it's time to dip into the fan email, shall we? There we go. All right, here is Joyce saying this. I will not watch baseball, drink Coke, or fly on Delta. I used to fly on Delta, but not anymore. Matter of fact, I did not use my ticket credit that I purchased just before the lockdown of the pandemic. So there. No, she didn't say so there. Uh, and this is from Santina M. I will absolutely be boycotting Coke, Delta. Not a baseball fan, so MLB is meaningless to me. People are saying that President Trump was against boycott of Goya, but is promoting uh, the boycott. Well, the Goya boycott was based on AOC's ire over the CEO of Goya being a Trump supporter, which affected no one. This boycott affects voter integrity and the future of our entire country. No comparison. That's Santina. 
And Jeffrey T. says, is he related to Mr. T? He says this, I plan to boycott all businesses that oppose the Georgia tax law. The only reason to oppose the law is if you want to have corrupt elections. The problem is the machines. We need to use paper ballots and a foolproof system at the precincts and tabulating votes. Paper is harder to hack. I like that, harder to hack. And uh, Nancy J. says, she gets right to it, yes, going to boycott them all. Nancy J. saying that. And we have one final one from Deb F. Please consider the fact that there are many more states addressing election integrity than those that may have had irregularities. The way I see it, the state legislatures are rightfully responding to the U.S. Congress attempting to usurp power. That from Deb F. And by the way, she is exactly right. I'm glad we put her last, by the way, because that is kind of like the overall point, right? In 2020, you had Jenna Ellison, you had Rudy Giuliani begging and pleading with the state legislatures to do something because this just in, it's in the Constitution. It's up to the state legislatures to make voting laws in their states, and they didn't do anything. Now, there were some legislatures in Pennsylvania and Arizona and Michigan. They wanted to. Many of them did. But the brass, the top brass in those states that were Republican-led did absolutely nothing. So back to Deb F's point, she says, look, all they're doing in Georgia and other places is having the state legislatures take more control over the situation. And what is so wrong with that? What are liberals afraid of? I think I know, and I think you do too. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, the end of the show, uh, so I'm just that much closer to dinner. Uh, joining me now, uh, Anna Perez. Uh, I know you. You're here like every day. You I know mean, me. I do know you. By the way, you're invited. I want to be clear. You are invited. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm glad you're here, Thank by the you. way. Uh, because you give us news stories that we haven't necessarily done in the show, like this one. What do you, what do you got? Well, so the CBS 60 Minutes interview that just came out um, over interviewing John, uh, Ron DeS- Sorry, oh, yeah, Ron, Ron DeSantis, DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over, in Florida. <laughs> over in Florida. Over in Florida, it's getting a lot of scrutiny for the fact that the reporter who was asking him questions kind of made it more about you know his political gain um, when it ha- comes to, to dealing with publics and how he worked out a deal with them. Um, mm-hmm. Really, what happened was that he worked a deal out a deal with them that made sense for the elderly community there, where they found out where Publix was actually closer to most of the elderly population there. Mm-hmm. So it was to benefit old people, but mm-hmm. of course the mainstream media came out and they had to make it about his politi- about politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we find out later, after the reporter had made it a point to say in the segment that um, they reached out to local officials, including the commissioner, mm-hmm. who um, did not reach out, uh, who, or they did reach out. They said that, that they were not able to get a hold of DeSantis, that they did not speak to him at all about this. Mm-hmm. Um, then we find out that Democrat Mayor Dave Kerner said that they reached out to CBS knowing that they were going to be doing this segment, mm-hmm. and CBS had no interest in speaking to him about it because 
his idea, his part side of the story didn't have didn't really fit their agenda. Actually, wow. his side of the story was that um, he has worked with DeSantis over this, and that was completely false. What they said about him and how this was all about politics and for his political gain, working with publics. Mm -hmm. He came out and said, no, this was actually a planned um, vaccine rollout plan that we had together, and mm -hmm. it was something that we decided mostly for the elderly population. Wow, and a Democrat mayor. And, and right. Yeah, and, but, but this is interesting because it kind of goes to media bias, which is it didn't fit their narrative. Right. So they decided to not do right. it. Right. And we were talking about this <clears> before where, <throat> it, you know, we work in the media, so we know that there should be a flash between things when you're cutting right. um, between segments. I understand that you can't play the entire clip of what DeSantis said, mm -hmm. but it did seem to be almost intentional the way that they were, you know, just cutting out really important parts of what he was saying. I mean, mm -hmm. he was explaining this entire vaccine rollout plan. That's exactly And they right. picked out things that, you know trying to make it look like he was doing this for his own political gains. Well, 100%. So. And, and, and they didn't put in the whole CVS and Walgreens stuff. I mean, that was just like totally right. blown off. It was unbelievable. Thank you, Anna. Great to Luckily, see you. Luckily, we all know how to use the internet, so people uh, can watch for themselves. We do. That is yeah. correct. All right. Uh, Anna Perez, uh, giving, uh, you give internet instructions then. Right. For okay. I'm going to be doing that in the next uh, segment. So. <laughs> see you tomorrow, folks.